we've ticked off the births of Godzilla, Gamera, Rodan, and even Varen, the next logical step would, of course, be Mothra. So we're not going to do that yet. Instead, we're going to keep things up to date as legendary cult filmmaker Takashi Miike has a new film that has premiered at Fantasia Festival and at Japan Cuts. And uh, it's a kaiju movie and we've seen it. Um, Takashi Miike has made over 100 feature films and I've written about this before. Maybe he should make less, um, but I love him. Um, he's best known for Audition, Itchy the Killer and 13 Assassins, um, you know, hyper-violent stuff. He even remade Harry Kiri. Um, to seemingly answer the unspoken question, what if Harry Kiri was much more violent? Um, yeah, um, watch that version. Interesting. Um, in 2005, though, he made a family-friendly blockbuster, The Great Yokai War. Um, yokai are a supernatural entity um, and spirits from Japanese folklore. And in this film, loosely inspired from a few sources, it takes the name from a manga, um, but also is inspired by folklore, obviously. And in this film, they are our last line of defense. So there is a mechanical menace representing technological advancement in a vague sense, and it's wiping out the yokai um, and the chosen human guardian who is a child. And that's the reason why it's a family movie, because the hero is a child. There is no reason for the hero to be a child, has to help save the world, because if they die, we die. You know, whoever wins, we lose. Um, it's adorably shonky um, and it's fun to watch Mikay try to make a family friendly film and do it in Mikay style. It starts off with scarring body horror. The enemies in it are robots designed like torture devices covered with blood. And there is some hilarious suspect messaging about the pros of drinking and a whole bunch of weirdness. It's a Takashi Mikay film. It's not a kaiju film though, which is a shame. The sequel is. The sequel is also more polished, which is good but also not as adorable. Um, and it is actually more family friendly, but we'll, we'll touch on that in the episode. In this movie, we have yokai and a yokaiju, because puns, a giant ball of hate ready to destroy Japan, unlock ultimate evil and doom the world. And at the very end, we have the return of a classic kaiju, Daimajin. To return to my opening statement, about the important births of kaijus, Daimajin actually is a pretty heavy hitter. Now they're no Mothra, terms of renown, but among kaiju connoisseurs, which we are here, Daimajin holds a special place. The Daimajin trilogy, we're only covering the first today, don't worry, was made in sequence, and all of them released in 1966. I've not seen two or three, apparently two is just one again, and three is slightly different. Um, now, Daimajin is a different kind of kaiju. He's a towering statue brought to life. Um, the 1920s silent classic, The Golem, um, was a huge inspiration. They've written about that. Um, but another reference point, um, actually, we'll get to the fun one. Let's go for the traditional one first. So another re reference point was the ancient ritual statues in Japan, um, the Haniwa. The most amusing one is that cleft chin that our mate Daimajin has, directly inspired by Kirk Douglas. There you go. This is our first kaiju based on Kirk Douglas. And may there be more. And a key differentiating feature for Daimajin, as opposed to a wider kaiju genre, is that they take place in feudal Japan. Um, it's a period drama kaiju that predates Polgasari. And you remember we spoke about how great it was to see a period drama kaiju and was clearly a huge influence, therefore, on um, inspiration on Polgasari. Now, the idea of an object coming to life, carrying over into Polgasari, the general outline being very similar as well, themes and all. Here you have an imperious warlord take over a peaceful village. The village call on the help from ancient god to save them. Unleashed towering Daimajin, last 10 minutes, which rule wreaks vengeance. Very similar. And um, Polgasari does all of this better um, with more creativity and a better structured narrative and bar some of the craft because Daimajin is actually quite a good looking movie. 
it's just a better film. Um, but Diamond did it first, so there's that, I guess. I'm reminded of Herschel Gordon-Lewis, who, when speaking about gore movies, that how they became, mentioned that, yeah, but he did do it first, even though they weren't good, which, you know what, got a lot of time for that. And by itself, Diamond did perhaps not that interesting, but it is interesting as a portrait of the Japanese film industry at this point. This is the waning days of the studio system, which dominated Japanese film up to the 60s, um, but it's the glory days of mainstream kaiju, Toho's Godzilla and Mothra and Rodan, to a lesser extent, are super popular, which leads Dei to um, a rival studio to make their own kaiju film. Now, you've heard this story, that's how Gamera came about, but Gamera was family-friendly kaiju, which got its own part of the market. Dei was still interested in capturing the larger market. So Gamera hits younger than Godzilla. They can't take on Godzilla. What else is there? Here's a new niche, the Jidageki Kaiju, or perhaps the Jidakaiju film. So that's a lot of new words. I apologize. Let's take a few steps back and contextualize. In fact, let's start at the birth of Japanese cinema as a whole. This is a brief digression, and it'll explain how oddly poetic Daimajin is. So before Japanese cinema was the recognisable cinema we see today, it was very different. It was more of a mixed media form, for want of a better word. Film performance inside of Kabuki, um, things were not cinematic. The language of cinema did not exist. Filming was supposed to be transparent. Um, you don't see the camera. It's there just to capture what's in front of it. There's no craft around that. It's capturing something. It's technology. It's not artistry. So it was film performance projected and a benshi, a narrator, would perform live for the audience. And that was kind of the appeal. So the benshi makes the film a film. It's a really specific skill set and a person of complete ownership of the film. What this meant is a lack of democratization around film. It meant that the major cities had good cinema and it did not spread out much further than that. Um, this made for an undemocratic medium, but it was a very different thing and a very special thing. It also lent, led to the pure film movement, as it's called. Now, the work of Sergei Eisenstein and others gave an argument for cinema as a pure form, that you could do stuff with cinematic language that was artistic, with the edit, with the camera. Cameras don't just capture things, you use them to make art with things, and the camera is its own paintbrush, so to speak editing, shot composition, speaking through film rather than just a benshi. This was seen as a step forward and it happened. A now revered era of silent Japanese film appeared that is more analogous to known international cinema, film as we know it. It's the loss of something different, but it's the birth of something special. Why this is relevant to Daimajin is it led to two different approaches to film, notably two different genres. Now, contemporary based films were all filmed in Tokyo, all of them. Um, at this point, the symbol of modern Japan, an appropriate setting. However, the history of Japanese film is indebted to Jidageki films. That's the most easily translated, though it is a slippery word, as period dramas, period films specifically. Think of Rashomon, Agetsu, or Harikiri. Um, this popular genre was produced purely in Kyoto, the traditional heart of Japan. Now, Kyoto was the capital of Japan for over a thousand years until 1868. It is synonymous with the past, with tradition, and is home to some of the most phenomenal historic sites in the world. It's an absolutely beautiful place. If you get the chance, please do visit. Now, let's jump forward to the 1960s and the two-pronged Dai Kaiju attack. Gamera, made in Tokyo specifically, makes sense. Daimajin, they went out of their way to make these as Jidageki films, and they made them echoing film history in Kyoto, which I think is really rather poetic. It's a serious statement, actually. 
and as an indication that Daimogen really is something different. But we'll save that discussion for the episode. Let's get on with the show. What initially struck me about these two movies in combination is that we have two endings. I don't know if they are... Uh, I mean, they're, they're films. They have things in them. Yeah. Um, I think the kaiju things to talk about are the last 10 minutes of both. Um, yes, I, agree. I wouldn't specifically say either is a kaiju film by like uh, necessary definition. I think they have the parts at the end. Um, I don't know if that's kaiju enough. Um, I think we've made it pretty clear. Like My focus is always that I want the kaiju right away. Uh, mm. In a kaiju-focused drama, I would like the kaiju right away. I think there is uh, uh, something to withholding it. I don't think... Uh, Takashi Miki uh, withholds much within his movie. Um, <laughs> he's never think... been known to withhold. Yeah, Takeshi he's not Miki. a withholder. He's, he's not no, uh, building. Not really his thing. He's not building a bridge of suspense. You wouldn't say. Although <laughs> actually, audition, audition has that wonderful moment with oh, the bag. Yeah. But you know, but audition. Oh, man, I I, I love Takashi Miki. I think his films are, are fabulous. I've also seen so many of his films that I absolutely hate because he's made so many and should make <laughs> less. And the more and more I watch, the more and more I see the audition, which was the first Miki film I watched, is an outline. As I was like, this is such a subtle work, so powerful, impactful. Because his other films, oh, they're not like this. Okay, I've, but they are fun as hell. I've been holding out hope that within the hundred there's another audition i i i don't i don't see that there is a clear second audition it's fine maybe someone makes one movie and uh they they have that and that's good he has other films that i absolutely absolutely adore uh but not in the same way i mean i mean yeah. i know our friend of the show ben has seen more mikay films than i have so probably it's like screaming I mean, out being like you haven't mentioned blah i'm like well i didn't see blah leave me alone we didn't mention my other favorite, uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney by Mike. <laughs> yeah, uh, made, one I really yeah. like. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Authentically, I, I want I think to watch it, that. Authentically, I think it dramatizes the Japanese court in a way that the game does and makes it really fun. Mm. So. Did he make the JoJo movie? Didn't he make the Bizarre Adventure movie Maybe. as well? He has he so made many. most Japanese movies at this point. <laughs> <laughs> most from the last 10 years. 90s <laughs> beyond, then yeah, it was probably him. He has um, made a significant portion of them that we end up seeing in the States or that end up in our visibility, in our circle. Uh, so uh, Takashi Miki is interesting enough that uh, I think we pair him in. And because of our Polgasari draw, I think we... I think we also uh, pair a, how do you say, a Daimogen. Which, again, could be wrong, but you know what? I'm going to keep saying it with confidence. Yeah. Um, I think Daimogen, Daimogen is really interesting. I had this conversation with you off, off um, recording about expectations. So I, was, I, was, I was reading some like of the criticism around this film, and a lot of people, it, it's split, basically. A lot of people uh, believe what myself, yourself, and I know uh, Jack Davenport, formerly of his parish, um, thinks. <laughs> this idea that this movie's pretty boring. And yeah. then it kicks ass. Um, it really does. Yeah. It really does. I'm like, the specifics of why it kicks ass are actually really interesting. But I read some takes being like, oh, it's actually a really good Chambara film in its own right. Like, the sort of, I'm like, I don't think it is. I think it's fine. But then, but then um, I'm just like, is expectation the problem? If I go in watching a kaiju film, and if there are, in an 85-minute movie, if there are 75 minutes sans kaiju, I'm like, well, where's the goddamn monster? Yeah. And I know we've like talked about this idea of the stealth kaiju film of like Cloverfield being it. Oh, uh, maybe it wasn't. And that they've been like, oh, can they introduce a kaiju change it? And like the X amount of space kind of got that, but that was because it was a different wild film before, as opposed to just like stealth kaiju. And what I realize is when you go and watching a kaiju film, you just want to see a monster and the film might be good, but I'm like, where is the goddamn monster? My second question about Daimogen and the kaiju is, is he a kaiju? 
Is he a kaijin? Is they as is he a, is he <laughs> a, a person that is what's the word? Uh, no, I'm just that was that okay. was a terrible pun. Um, oh, I got it now. <laughs> I I see, but he bleeds. I mean, he's a rock monster that bleeds. Yeah. So effectively, I don't know if if he's properly a kaiju or if he's a oh, human. I think he is. If we're going to take the pluralistic view of kaijus, yeah. they, they are just monsters. They are giant beasts that just smash through stuff, and he is a giant beast that smashes through stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, and. Pogasari is the same though. Pogasari is a little like um, little toy, little toy that it comes yeah. into, but I forget because he grows. There is that sense of like it seems much cooler. I mean, it seems unfair to just compare. It sounds so wild to me. There's this DPRK movie where saying it's so much better than this like Japanese classic, <laughs> but it yeah. seems unfair to compare Pogasari because Pogasari is so clearly influenced by this film. But just the structure of that film, I have more appreciation for of like how it grows the kaiju for the movie and how the the kaiju's growth is a metaphor for the growth of the struggle in that film and yeah. in this it's just i'm just sitting waiting for they spend seven minutes talking about daimajin coming i'm like well i know he's gonna come he's on the bloody poster the yeah. movie's got his name in it it's gonna happen like just throw those things call across this war god or whatever and it's, let him smash through the town it's also not a stealth kaiju and that's not a surprise that he'll ever come yeah. I mean, you're not there's no shock when it happens. I mean, it's like <laughs> he looks really good. There was an arrow mm. restoration. If you look at the footage yes. of that and how well designed this rock monster is, I think he's. I think he's really nice. Like you say, the Kirk Douglas chin <laughs> is really effective. When I read that, that was just glorious. I was like, oh, I cannot wait to mention that. That's so great. It's my favorite detail of your essay and also the film. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good. I I think he's a good big monster. Mm. I don't really care much at all for the uh, feudal Japan stuff. Uh, I, don't, no, I don't know if it's I okay. would, but yeah, it's it's fine at best. It's so targeted to me. That's how I know that it's not very good of like, yeah. it's themes that I know I'm a sucker for. Like there's like anti-imperialist themes, this idea of like standing up to the oppressor, the idea of like, we are the people, we must fight back. We must like have a, like a metaphor collective might. And I'm like, yeah, it's there, but it's, it, it was boring to me. And I'm like, this is my stuff. This is my jam. And I'm like, eh. I don't like to just say I'm bored, but effectively I was, I was just waiting. Yeah, I was bored. Waiting, it's, it's, a boring, it's a boring movie. It's a movie I waited the whole movie for the ending. I mean, I, I specifically just wanted the ending because, uh, well, that's what you had said. Um, and I guess I guess in in the favor when we rank them later, I guess the Takashi Miike one, I was never really waiting. I, I was always no. somewhat interested. There's always something happening on screen. Maybe that's a more uh, inventive one. I think the pairing is most interesting because as you bring up about like the kids uh, making films for kids, like Takashi Miike is made for such a, a childish audience, but then, um, or not childish, but young. Um, yeah. Uh, and this one, uh, Daimajin, you could say is a more adult kaiju than any we've really approached, like the, the feudal yeah. themes, but they're not, they're not interesting to adults either. I don't, I, 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 I agree so. because they just seem to be there for the sake of it. it they seem just like affectations of the period they're like because we're in the period we must have this idea of like a warlord and this idea of like and it, it, it goes to the point of being like it moves beyond progressive to kind of like insulting in the sense of being like oh these poor villagers in the village to get attacked you're like oh yeah. kind of come on there's a sense of it but the fact they need this thing to come and save them is quite antithetical to any kind of like progressive themes of it arguably whereas at least Polgasari has the idea of he is emblematic of their struggle he is the weapon they create to fight back and like i was so confused actually because like in, in, in my letterbox review for this i'm like this movie just just lacks a third act it's just like the first act is stretched across 75 minutes yeah then we have the second act which should be the kaiju 
taking the town. And then the third act should be, now we march on the capital, goddammit. Now we go take the fight to them. So I was like, oh, it's one film in a trilogy. That must be why it feels so drawn out. No, apparently the second one's just this again. That's terrible (laughs) that it would just repeat. I'm glad we're not doing it today. Uh, Although uh, I... I think like when we get into like our kaiju specific uh, discussion, I think the monster itself will probably carry more weight than the movie mm. does. Um, I think he's, he's very fine. Yeah, I think the green design of him and uh, I, I just like how he's structured. Like I say, I looked at the arrow footage. I'm like, that's a really well designed monster. Anyway, um, oh, when he steps out of the mountain, it's like it, it, it's great because it looks his statue comes to life. It looks like a brilliant statue. I think it's gonna look cool, and then it humanizes, but it humanizes very very subtly of like the face has some expression, but it's still a very stoic expression. And again, we talked before, it is a bit exoticized of us, but I just I just like it when we're pulling from different iconography that I'm used to as a Western. Like, um, I'm like Godzilla is a dinosaur. And I'm like, oh, that's a giant dinosaur. This use of kind of like spiritualist and like folkloric kind of like inspiration to make a different looking figure that again has that link to the, the Golem film as well is, is a really cool look and very, very different. It's not just Godzilla again, which even Gamera is. Yeah, I like how it's pulling aesthetically from the golem too. I mean, it it is like rooted there. You you can't uh, watch it without I think making those connections. Uh, and that aesthetic is still really strong, and it works as a kaiju. So, uh, I'm I'm happy it's in there. I'm happy we're discussing it. I don't think it's a great film. I don't think it's no. a good film, but uh... I, I I quite like it because I think the t- I think the last ten minutes are so strong in a way I wasn't expecting. Because I think you have the problem in Pogasar of being like when you think of um kaiju movies i mean there's that that meme going around at the moment of that doctored image of the godzilla gba game of being like oh no godzilla don't wreck the financial district which i mean we i mentioned her a lot but it's because she's one of the few like esteemed in quotes writers that wrote about kaiju films and about monster movies Um, but susan sontag talks about the pleasure taken in destruction that one of the joys is about seeing these cities wrecked because it's like a kid playing with blocks pushing them over there's a hilarious gamma a film later i forget which one it is i think it's zigra or zygra um where they spend like 10 minutes explaining to you they're about to fight at an abandoned location this location is abandoned because it knows you don't want to think about death it knows you want to think about this as just like a video game now yeah. now and i was thinking like how are you going to get us to work because the joy of the kaiju is it smashes through the city and there are no cities it's the assassin's creed 3 problem mm. um to give a ridiculous reference but I was really impressed by how it dealt with that because the, the climax of the film does a good job of matching different scales of the intimate violence and like large scale. So it, it walks through the fort, which is our one moment of spectacle and it looks great. But then it has these really good like moments of like just a hand bursting through grabbing someone or just a foot. And it knows what it's playing with and it knows how to keep the violence and the destruction very, very focused and impactful. And this sounds very very pretentious but there were bits at the end that to me were very throne of blood in that sense of being like of being taken to being like finally just destroyed and even like foreshadowed because it's before that film that amazing bit towards the middle of ran where he's getting smoked out of that castle that sense of being like overrun by it. it it has a bit of that feel in how it knows how to stage an action sequence i think this is the best staged action sequence we've seen in the kaiju film yet I think so. I think it's just in the ending where I might give it a lot of credit. I think mm. uh, I think if it were better paced and it did have distinct acts, I think it could be really yeah. good. But uh, for me, it'll just be middle of the pack just because yeah. of it, how I long agree. it takes to get there and how bored I was, which I hate to say, but uh, the truth of it. 
it's I, I go back to this occasion of being like there comes a point where some of I, we just recorded a Twin Geeks cast and you talk about the, the, the beloved 7 out of 10 and there is a beloved 7 out of 10 mm. and the worst kind of movie is not the really bad film because you can talk about that one for ages and if you hate it you really hate it there's that um, film critic Mark Como talks about seeing the idiots at Cannes and, and just being so angry by it and talking to Lars von Trier about it later and Lars von Trier just being Lars von Trier no Nazi um, Lars von Trier just being like yeah but did you hate it did you really hate it and just <laughs> him like I don't care if you I want you to love it or you hate it there's an interest there and it's kind of like yeah middle films like eh. i, I, I like a little bit of divisiveness i want a film to mm. make me feel something or have an emotional yes. response and a heightened uh feeling about it whether it's a anger uh hopefully not over its social messaging uh, yes hopefully anger about something about the production or uh that because I'm so passionate about movies that all yeah. this budget went into doing this or you know i hopefully it's something like that and uh I don't know. I think there's a lot of room for that seven out of ten to be a really a really great movie that you you really hold on to anyway, or, yeah. or even some sixes. It's the fives that really get me down. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, I guess it's fine. You're like, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing right here. Or worse, there's something really great in it, but it's surrounded mm. by things I'm just so indifferent yeah. to. Um, yeah. Which uh, isn't quite the problem I have with Takashi Mika's movie, which I I at least feel. Um, I, mean, I like I've this made... movie more than you do. I I really enjoyed it. Actually, I had an absolute blast watching really? this. But I am I am I am more of a Mike fan than you are. I I just I I really liked it because of the sense of. I, this sounds reductive of me and like me veiling insults about sense of like taking it from its own terms. Of this is a a family friendly blockbuster, and viewing it that way, I'm like, you know what? This is great. Of like, you compare to so much of the output of how homogenous and boring how this film is really visually interesting has some stuff going on has no thematic interest which is a problem yeah. has no real emotional through line which is a problem but no real story, is which is also a problem is is charming and has a world and has like visual inventiveness and goes somewhere and i just got a lot out of that and i, I it had a world that i enjoyed it didn't yeah. It links to the first film, but it's not in any way a sequel. It's its own thing. And those little things that have the, the yokai invention of, of like meeting over and that idea of like opening up, as we are pluralists about kaijus here, the idea that yokai could be like Dracula, little bits like that. And when that guy arrives on the bike and he's got um, tanukis behind him, being like, man, there's just like, there's a, there's a playfulness and like silliness that's not well, stupid to this that you just don't get in blockbusters. That's actually what I was going to say is that as a five out of 10, another five out of 10, this is the kind that I like. This is the kind that's weird enough and uh, has enough tanukis that I'm not regretful <laughs> at all about seeing um, this without seeing the first movie. I should clarify that I haven't seen the great Yoke war anyway. You, you don't, you don't need to. I think okay. that interesting, like, I mean, my I thought I was missing was something. I, I thought I, I thought I didn't get much out of it because I wasn't invested in like the monsters and I didn't know uh, enough about the world building, but um, maybe, maybe you do need to see some of it. Um, I mean, maybe, I guess it, it prepares you for this idea of like this, like, split world of there are yokai and they're humans and they get brought together i i mean my review for this on the site i likely do like it more than you do i don't i don't i don't love the film i mean it's got my, my lovely seven out of ten there i it, i think it's very enjoyable of i like the designs i like how varied they are i like how they use them there are just characters that i remember there are characters used as visual gags very nice i like the guy that just washes rice all the time and that's just <laughs> yeah. a feature in the movie and yeah. comes back i i like the sincerity that it takes itself at points it is pretty sincere, of, isn't it? But then I like that it goes from sincere to just like utter silliness. 
I, there's a, a slight technology storyline which I did enjoy of being like this idea of like connection and technology and it being bad or is it good. There's a great set piece with like this like spectral dragon which just rules and looks awesome. And I think weirdly the area we disagree is I don't think the ending is great. You don't. No, I, mean, I was. I think that's what brings it into the discussion, though. I think it, the only it reason is. it's here is the ending. Yeah. For um, one. um. You don't think it's that great, though. I. What about the Tanuki drumming? That... <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, that's the only thing I really care about in the movie oh, is the God. Tanuki drumming. I want it as a gift <laughs> to like put it up on my wall permanently as a, a poster gif. I would like to always see that. <sighs> You I, are, there the are bits Dimogen? I love about the ending, and I love Dimogen coming. And to to again, it's become a, just a cliche of myself. Like there's a bit in the ending that reminds me of Asura's Wrath of all things, of like this like big anime spectacle. I agree. Like, yeah. Well, like, there was a moment at the end where just something is born. You're like, that's big, and it's like you think that's big, but it's like you call that a knife. That's a knife. Knife and spooning games. Being like, yeah, that's bigger than that. That's bigger than that. And it escalates and escalates. And I'm like, Mike, I've spoken to Ben about this member of the podcast about how Mike is the master of endings. Of just so they just escalate and go wild. I mean, Yakuza Apocalypse has this like, <laughs> is a vampire. Have you seen Yakuza Apocalypse? No, I should. Oh god, it's like it's. You think it's one thing in that it's a vampire Yakuza movie, and then it has this like wild giant frog kaiju thing at the end. What is going on in this movie? And it didn't give me that because child friendly Mike came in at the end, and I'm like, that's going to fight that thing. That thing is huge, and that thing's going to fight that thing. And the whole we all sing together to save the world is cute and nice, but I wanted to watch the big thing punch the other big thing. Well, the other thing is, I didn't know who. Dimogen was so I was kind of watching it without really context. I'm like, oh, there's a big guy. I'm like, there's a, there's a big rock guy. He's sure big. Um, so I, I think it paid off later. I think going through Dimogen, seeing him and how he's born into that movie. I think that's um, the beauty of foreign film though sometimes because like I mean we watch these blockbusters and I, I'm gonna go to the Marvel idea here of like I have felt so ostracized. I like I actually <laughs> I, I I really, really enjoyed Black Panther. Um and I did too. Cinema. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was absolutely great. There's a bit of the ending which I think is really a step down when he buys up a an entire neighborhood. You're like, what? And turns it into like an institute. I'm like, wow, just gentrifying hey, now, are we? Takes up um, Oakland and that. gentrifies it. That's very interesting. Yeah, like that. That, that that is so that that bit sucks the movie rules and then so for once i was like you know what i'm gonna stay through this i'm gonna watch the post credit scene i love this movie and the post credit scene this guy turned up i'm like who are you what is going on because i haven't seen the captain america movies i know that guy is like bucky or someone yeah and it's important but i was there being like i waited for this i don't know who that man is i don't know what's going on um and there is that sense when watching um great yokai war guardians of being like this seems like a big deal, but I don't know. Which is kind of nice not having that like cult understanding sometimes of like, that's going to hit big in parts of Japan that like, oh my God, it's Daimajin. Daimajin from the 60s. But like, it's not yeah. like a Marvel movie where I had to see uh, five movies in advance and piece no. together what the stories were. I mean, I might have seen the Yoke War, the Great Yoke War before this, but uh, it doesn't seem to exactly matter. I think I do enjoy it more than you think I do. Uh, okay. uh, for me, this is the high A5. Uh, high five let's call it <laughs> where yeah uh where it's um nearly a six where I, the ideas are good enough and it has interesting things and it's an interesting not failure but a middle of the road film i, I i'm fine with uh i'm fine with this one 
Yeah, I, 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 I just think I got more fun. I got just more fun out of it than you did, which is fair enough. Okay. I mean, there's just bits of spectacle where I was just like, this is just, it, it's, I think I am more easily bored than you are as a film viewer. <laughs> and for this film to be just like, I'm just like, I'm having a blast. It's big, it's creative, it's pretty. It's that mix of this. What I do like about it is the, the CG is not amazing. In fact, no. if this was a, a Western blockbuster, an American blockbuster, you'd be like, this is bad technology. But the art design is so good and way better than what you would get in Hollywood. So it's like, be like I would rather it not be as technically proficient, but yeah. just prettier as like a human made this and it looks pretty wouldn't you say as you keep escalating up the cg ladder the more uh realistic and uh and worthwhile that like the technical computer skill and proficiency of it all gets uh the less art becomes the focus uh once it's a complete computer uh thing and it doesn't feel like it's connected to one person but a team of 300 people it's kind of mm -hmm. harder to retain that soul and that interest in cultural specificity I, I think you're right. And for me, like the future of CG is two things. It either has to be artistically driven and therefore it's like, I know that it's CG, but it, it, it's, it's making a beautiful thing and a thing that could not be made otherwise. Or it has to be that thing that you don't know is CG. Like the yeah. thing I go back to is like Zodiac of like how much of that is like, you think that's a set, that is not a set. And a film that um, the Switchblade Sisters podcast, which is sadly defunct now, um, they had an episode of Let the Right One In. And they said about how that movie has more effect shots than almost any movie because they digitally alter the irises of most of the characters to make their pupils just slightly bigger to yeah. creep you out. And you would never know that because yeah. why would you know that? So the idea of like using CG unobtrusively in that way to just like freak out a viewer or to just like yeah. send the image is the future or it's lovely art design to visualize impossible things. Not the Irishman. I mean, that's hilarious when you've got him <laughs> in his platform shoes. There's that bit in the Irishman, which I do actually quite like. I like um, it a whole lot, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was a movie. This sounds so bad, but like it's a movie that's is it four hours long? It's like three and, three and, and a half. Hours. Yeah, three and a half. Two and a half hours. That film. I was I was there in the cinema, just being like, "Why do people like this?" And then the last like hour, hour and a half was so good and so clever. I was like, "Ah, that's I like it because yeah. it's great." But that first two and a half hours, I was like, "Jesus Christ, this is a bad movie." <laughs> it was um, hard for me. I was in like the Sif Cinema with like the very hard seats and just uh, yeah, it was uh, a yeah. it was a lot to get through. But I knew the movie was good because I didn't want to move. So uh, I'm I'm a Scorsese head anyway, so that's another thing. And I'm sure we disagree about a couple of those, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I mostly like Scorsese. Yeah. Um, uh, there are a few of his films that I hate, but there are some that I adore. But I, I, Mike, I think is interesting. I think uh, Mike Rose. Yeah, I think he, I would like to explore more of his hundreds of films. Um, there's got to be more for me in them because I love Audition I, so much. I, I, yeah, Audition, I think, is one of the greatest movies ever made. It is just absolutely incredible. The, the book, it's, it's another example of how great cinema is. That book by Ryo Murakami is fun and it is good. And like taking that and extracting like a theme which is kind of in the book and making it the text in the movie is, is just awesome. Yeah, Audition yeah. is something else. Absolutely. And it just plays so well. It's just one of the best horror movie ideas. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, should we get to ranking these guys? Yeah, let's, let's let's rank some monsters. That is what we do here. All right, it's time to rank some monsters. That's what we're all here for. We're all in the mm. monster ranking business. That's why we signed up for this podcast, so we could... Those of you officially... that skip to the end, good to <laughs> yeah. see you that are like, I'd hate this monster talk. I am here for <laughs> ranking. If you don't care about the movies and you only care about our placement, specifically of monsters in a kaiju canon that we scientifically devised mm. for the Twin Geeks website, then this is the place for you. Um, I'll read down our 
top 15 now we have 15 monsters uh, yeah 15 monster movies that's good progress for starting mm. this year 15 um, episodes something like that <laughs> half of that maybe <laughs> that's the treat if you do two movies in a you know an episode that's the twin gates cast could learn from that you know like it, yeah i think we could learn from it um there's uh just imagine once we do three or four an episode i'll be reading off a list of a hundred eventually that'll be a very fun oh, yeah which uh, is like godzilla versus blah godzilla versus blah <laughs> camera versus blah the action out of space oh you think it'll be that far down i, oh, I no, think no, i'll hold you to that, that. Was, no i, I was no. reading down that was and then godzilla that was going up to the top i was reading that as the official ranking later on godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah i was but i was i was counting down so you want to move x down no, 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 that was number two. I was, like, I was about to say Godzilla, but you interrupted me. Okay, I'm, I'm looking for any opportunity here. So, uh, our placement currently is number one, original Godzilla. Mm. Two, the X from outer space. Calvin is staring at me. <laughs> hate in his eyes. <laughs> Three, the host. Four. Yeah, Pongjun host the host. It's no the X from outer space, you know? Yeah, um, uh, it's better. Uh, at number four, we have Gamera, the giant monster. At five, Polgasari. Um, hey, I love Yeah, we talked about that a lot this episode. Uh, six, Pacific Rim. Seven, mm-hmm. Rodan. Eight, Cloverfield. A good middle of a packer that we've kind of uh, yes. identified as a, a placement point for going up or down. Um, nine, Gamera vs. Gaius. Yes. Ten, Gamera vs. Baragon. Boo. <laughs> Uh, now we get to the uh, bottom half where we want to boo them each. Um, Godzilla raids again. Uh, also a boo. Uh, Mysterians yeah. at number 12. 11 or 13 will be uh, Godzilla, the uh, Italian version of Godzilla. Just a, a Again, not a movie. Not, not a, a movie. movie. And uh, what do we have here? At 14, we have Varan. And 15, yep. finally, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Yeah. So, hmm. <sighs> Neither of these are going in the, the top portion, are they? I mean, uh, no, no, no. They're no, not no, better no. than Rodan or uh, Pacific Rim, are they? They're not no, better no, than no. Polgasari, which is our main reference. No, no, totally. No, they're, they're not. Um... This is where it gets contentious. Yeah, this is going to get hard. Because uh... I, I know. Pin- I think I know what you'll do. I'm just worried about it. This comes down to them as movies versus them as um, as kaiju, as kaiju films. Uh, I think um, that personally, I think Great Yoko Wagai is a better movie than quite a few films in this list, but I don't think it's as good a kaiju film as quite I, a few films in this list. I barely think it's a kaiju film anyway. Exactly. I think it's about the monsters and like those are more appealing almost than the kaiju itself. Uh, I like the big spinny kaiju they have. Yeah. I like that it's a yeah, big wheel. Uh, that, cool. Just the yo kaiju that it's just a big like tire that's just rolling through Japan to destroy it. That's what I want. I, yeah, I wanted that. I want actually, them and I don't get that. Actually, yeah. Yeah, that, that seems good. It's uh, good. I, they're, they're both better than Godzilla Raids again. So we're, yes. we're starting above 11 at the very least. And we're yeah, getting okay. to a couple Gameras there. Uh, which is the Gamera vs. Gaius and Gamera vs. Burugan, which is kind of where it gets tough, I think. I think both, though that's irrelevant, but I think both are definitively better than Baragon because I think Baragon has some definitive issues, is a mess, and is dull. 
Yeah. Uh, well, it's very hard to say. I. Yeah. But that's the, uh, that's the Ezra one where with the rainbow yeah. and. Uh... Okay, I think the Daimajin, because of that sequence, goes above um, versus Barago. Yeah, just because of those last minutes and that. Yeah. I mean, the battle is pretty bad in uh, Baragon, right? I mean, it's not like it's yeah. really good. It's just that it's the first one Ezra saw that had rainbows in it. So, yeah. Uh, for me, if maybe it could be a personal. Maybe she'd have note. loved it. Yeah. Uh, no, she wouldn't like that again. No, no child would ever. She loves Kirk Douglas. Ezra is always talking about Kirk Douglas. She also loves feudal Japan history and mm. anti imperialism. So, I think, yeah, exactly. I think she would like those things. Um, but, um,. Yeah, we could do that. We could we could put it above Baragon safely. I I just wonder about the Gaius fight. I wonder if it, I wonder if it holds up to Gaius, which I think is better than Rodan already, which is two placements above. So for me, I, that's a hard. No, um, I. All right, here's what I'll give you. I'll say Great Yokai War Guardians is not as good kaiju film, not as um, versus Gaius, definitely. Okay, yeah, it's not as much of a kaiju film. Gaius yeah. is a better kaiju creation, I think. Uh, yeah maybe ben and i specifically are just uh, very invested in that one outcome yeah so i will say great yoko war guardians is definitely below gaius okay I'll, I'll are, we, are we gonna put it above or below baragon that's hard like let's look at the kaijudas of it all because uh baragon isn't terrible but i think gamera suffers in that one and gamera should be the point so that's yeah hard. okay yeah, I'm but gonna, but I'm, what what excels so much in Guardians that we're putting it above Barugan? Yeah, I, mean, I think I I think none of the kaiju stuff for me. So I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say it, it yeah. goes beneath um, because for me it's the Tanukis. <laughs> this is not ranking the Tanukis. If it were so, ranking the Tanukis, it would be a top five contender in the history. Yeah, of I mean, obviously X Mount Space has the best Tanukis, um, but. <laughs> It does have good Tanukis. Uh, yeah, I appreciate Tanukis. I'm a, mm. I'm a Tanuki Mario guy. Uh, yeah, was playing Mario Kart with my wife last night, and I was rolling the oh. Tanuki. She was yeah. angry at me, but uh, those yeah, Japanese I, raccoon dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, let's so let's put it there. Let's put it in eleven. Twelve. Eleven. Well, no, because I've oh I've already yeah you're oh, right because okay. I've already put damage in the list, so that puts it to eleven. Yeah. Um. Where, where does Daimajin go, though? I, I have trouble placing Daimajin on that list. I'm, but, I mean, I look at it, and I look at movies like Pacific Rim, and I think it's, kaiju-wise, maybe it has better kaiju elements than Pacific Rim. Maybe the kaiju is a stronger image. Maybe Daijin... I mean, he's better than... I, I struggle with Cloverfield, too, but I think he is more of an established kaiju than Cloverfield. I think he's good yeah. enough that he places in the Great Yoki War, and that's interesting. So, do we take a gamble though? With what? With there are two more of these films, and maybe he gets the film that he deserves. I don't think he will, though. <laughs> you know, yeah, you probably I feel like will. this is the place where we are. Like not going to get better if they made three in a row. <laughs> I don't think they made them three back to back at the same that time. Year? They're not getting. They're not getting better. Like they're shot in in he, sequence. I almost wonder if that's why the the first part's so undercooked because they had to they had to push. Were they already working on the other parts? Is it? Yeah, it was bam, okay. bam, bam. They just made them and released them. 
So, so I wonder how good it could be. I wonder if it could be in a P- Pulgasari equivalent. Obviously, we we think Pulgasari is a more polished version. So mm. I don't think it could go above that. It's mostly Pacific Rim or Rodan. I think we're we're looking at right. I think Rodan is cooler. I think Rodan takes on some of the themes that Diamond does, and I think it does it better. I think it also stumbles, but I think it does it better. Um, and I think as special effects kaiju films, I think Rodan has some incredible um, kaiju special effects. So it also has a bit of that. I think it does everything non-kaiju that Daimajin does better. And I think it does the kaiju stuff almost as good. Theme-wise, I think is where Daimajin gets worrying, I think, because mm. it's it's so undercooked and it's anti-imperialism and it's not... I, I wouldn't say it could convince anyone of anything. To no. the extent that Daimajin is quite an imperialistic figure, like that sense yeah. of, is a foreboding just like, it's like, what if Godzilla was the bomb and the bomb's edges? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, mm, that's kind of like, no. So I don't even know. Is it, is it better than Cloverfield? What do you think? I'd rather watch Cloverfield again. But uh, that might be the movie too. Yeah, I, that might be the special like a that might be the difference of Cloverfield. Is that's interesting. It has its own aesthetic, but that might be a movie thing more than a kaiju thing. I don't want to keep upholding Cloverfield because of a a gimmick yeah. it has, right? And if I was talking about kaiju with people, which I like to bring up to bore them, I would mention Diamond and be like, "This is a really cool, interesting kaiju film." And then I go, "Oh, I guess you've seen Cloverfield. That is technically a kaiju film." Yeah, I probably wouldn't even bring Cloverfield into that discussion. Yeah. Um, uh, so that would place it as eight between Rodan and Cloverfield. Yeah, I think I have to let go of Cloverfield as being a movie that I find very entertaining because of its aesthetic and its background yeah. story and uh, some of the online I, stuff that happened around it. I think the last 10 minutes of Daimajin are some of the best 10 minutes we've covered in this podcast. I think they are so good, like all timer, amazingly good. And that is what the focus is here. I think what um, that moment once they start like chiseling into him and then the blood comes mm, down and from there I think it's a great movie. So I don't yeah. think Cloverfield has any of that where other yeah. than like the Statue of Liberty head where I'm saying oh that's a that's a great kaiju moment. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's fine by me. Uh, okay. Again, it's an invisible stealth kaiju almost in Cloverfield, so we almost we have to stop uh, upholding it against the actual kaijus that actually show up. We do, do we things. do, we do. I, which, I, which I think is why um, Cloverfield has become our great barometer film yeah. of that sense of being like the difference between this film's kind of cool and is it a good kaiju film though? And I think that's how we get above um, Cloverfield. Though I'm surprised again you've tricked me because we put uh, Yoke Wars Guardian, a, a film that I, I kind of like, but I have it a five, uh, uh, well below this film that I... I really like really Yoko. I think, I think Yoko Rogonis is a really good movie. I just yeah. don't think it's a good kaiju film. It's and charming. I think it kind of messes up the kaiju bit at the end. And that's my complaint with it. So I'm like, no, I'm, I'm no, Mikkei, make the monsters fine. Well, uh, I, I think we found a, a good situation here. I agree that we have a good barometer here. And now I think uh, Damagen might also be a good barometer for what we're yeah. looking at. Of, for just how boring the, can you make your movie? Yeah. What's like the lowest... Uh, you know what's the lowest ceiling for like what a kaiju can really do in a film and still be really effective apparently i'll watch 75, 75 minutes of kind of crap for 10 minutes being like yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and i think you do get there i think it is so worthwhile by then um should we should we round it up we've both had yeah. long days already so our top 10 in at 10 is gamma versus geos um a film that calvin likes in at nine <laughs> we have got and ben 
And in at yeah, nine, please. we have Cloverfield. In at eight, we have Dimogen, a new entry at eight. Seven, Rodan, a movie that rules. Take that, haters. Um, wow. <laughs> in at six, we have Pacific Rim, a movie that is good. Uh, apart from a slur in at five we have polgasari which the the more distance i get from polgasari the more i'm like i really like polgasari i think we both uh, are growing on polgasari each week mm, actually i think it's really yeah fun. four gamera the giant monster he is big though three the host <laughs> not that host not host but the host two the x from outer space an I incredible movie left it liked in by outer good space, people. yeah space trampolines see you say that i'm like what a great film <laughs> pretty much the best movie ever made godzilla shirahonda is absolute classic it's godzilla it's godzilla it's basically films don't get any better how are we going to beat it well we'll find out yeah eventually it may happen but i think that's a, a gold standard that we had to start from so yeah it's it's godzilla you know yeah. we're ranking the monsters hi godzilla we have a godzilla sound effect in our in our thing in our in our theme oh. is our theme is that's a really good one uh, thank you it's more, it's more chewbacca i think actually yeah it was a chewbacca um and i like that there's uh we have a little godzilla theme song by our friend uh, jack davenport so that's mm. very good uh, he brought us the x more out of space and then i i feel like i mention him every third sentence i feel he gets enough damn it uh he is great though big fan and everything he does yeah 10 so second beats you. on spotify uh will be yes. his music and we have other podcasts. Sometimes we have video game podcasts. Most of the time we have a movie podcast, the Twin Geek Cast and Daydream Cast. So check those yeah. out. And um, so, and as you're listening to this, um, if you listen on Friday to the Twin Geeks Cast, if you for some reason only listen to this and you don't listen to that, which would be a weird thing to do, then you're like, oh, hello, it's me. I'm on the Friday one. So if for some reason I am the appeal here, as opposed to Calvin, who was excellent, um, then you could you could get me being on that podcast as a little cameo, talking about everyone's favorite kaiju thriller, Rafifi. Yeah, uh, Rafifi. And we do two festivals. We did two whole festivals yeah. together. We go through both of those. Kaiju uh, um, stuff in I both made... of them, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I made one note before recording, which is the both of us watched Summer of Soul and you hadn't mentioned it yet on the podcast. I thought you did bring that up. Did we? No, we did not. Um, so Summer of Soul was incredible. Yeah, still hoping to bring it up at some point. It yeah. might end up in my end of year. We do a, a top 10 movies yeah. of our, that we watch the entire year. So far, it's it my has film a place year so far. To, yeah, me too. So uh, Summer of Soul, fantastic. It's on Hulu in the US watch it if you want to watch a you know a, a monster of a movie then there you go all, yeah. all the with, titans with really beautiful like sound design how it like blends interview clips into like they're part of the audio design of the harlem oh. cultural festival just brilliant it's we just both so love it. it's just so good it's 10 so, out of 10 mm-hmm. the best movie i watched all summer that's new so yeah 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 so um, that'll do it for us this time. Um, I mean, as always, check the website and there's wonderful podcasts. So thetwingeeks.com. Um, and since we mentioned the Twin Geeks cast, we have to mention David. In, yeah, it's in it's in the contract, actually. I need to mention his name once per episode. And apparently I can't call him but anymore. I don't say and David. And David, because apparently he'll pick up on that because he listens and he pretends he doesn't listen. Um, or he gets this transcribed, which I would believe, actually. Calvin, um, so, but with David. Uh, there you go but, ah. there i think that's a good. stipulation we can make excellent got the button there so until then read good books 
say kind words, do good deeds, be a good person. Yeah.